Well, I'm going to begin in Hebrews chapter 6, and see Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. These are like the basic things. Let us go on to perfection. Now, your, your Bible, one, some of the translations say, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward Christ of doctrines of baptisms. Notice that it's not singular, it's plural. Baptisms and of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. What will we do if God permits? If God permits. We will go on to maturity. We'll go on to perfection. Why wouldn't God want you to go on to maturity or go on to perfection? Well, you know, this uh, last year, this last summer, we have been, Nina and I, and have been in a uh, kind of a building phase. We've been building. We sold our house last December, and we built a new house. And the first thing that you do when you're building a house is you lay a foundation, okay? You've got to lay the foundation. And you, at, at every step of the way, you have to have inspections along the way. And if you don't lay a good foundation, the inspector, not because he's mean or mad at you, he just won't let you go on because the rest of your work is futile. It's in vain if you don't have a good foundation. And so what, what the Word is saying here, that God will allow us to go on to maturity if we have a good foundation. But if we don't have a good foundation, we have to stay there until we get a good foundation. And what he's saying is that baptisms is part of laying that foundation. And so I want to talk to you today about three baptisms that the Bible talks about. And I'll just tell you right up front what they are. Baptism, the first baptism is into Christ, and, and uh, um, that's where you make that decision. You are taken out of the world, and you come into the body of Christ. You are baptized into the body of Christ. The second baptism that we see is what we did this morning, the baptism in water. And that's symbolism, as I said earlier, of the old man going down and the new man coming up. And the third baptism is what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I know that a lot of us have gone through, kind of like Nina was saying earlier, we've received the baptism into the body of Christ. We've identified ourselves as Christians, that we want to be associated with Christians. We've got the water baptism. But sometimes we stop short of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I just want to show you, this, this, this is not my message, this is not my idea, my thought. I just want to show you what the Bible says about it this morning. And I want to leave you, you know, with that. And if you feel like God is calling you to a closer walk, a greater walk with Him, then you can, make the ne you can take the next step. All right, we talked about this last week, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is there, there are certain things that come with that. You know, there are certain benefits of being, in the, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we talked about it last week. We said it was the power to overcome sin. All of us want to do that. We don't want sin lingering in our lives. We don't want to be a slave to bondages and sin areas of our life. We want to be free from that. The next was the power to witness, to have that boldness. We see that happen in Acts chapter 2 where... You know, just about a month or two months before, Peter is denying that he even knows Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, we see him boldly standing up, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. The third thing is the, um, the power to pray. When you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gives you a greater anointing and a power to pray. The gifts of the Holy Spirit come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the power to preach. And we used Paul as an example last week of, you know, this just great man of God. Just, you know, he just amazed people with his ability to preach the Word of God. 
I'm going to move through this quickly because I want to, I want to get to the point, okay? Uh, but Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells the disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father, the, God, the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, okay? And then we see in Acts, uh, just in verse 8, just right following that, he says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all into the ends of the earth. And so, you know, if, if this is important, if, this, if, if the baptism of the Holy Spirit is important, then it should be, you know, talked about a lot in the Bible, not just one or two times. You've heard this expression. If God says it once, obviously it's important, but if he repeats it two and three and four times, you know, you got to get it. you got to get it because he is trying to emphasize that something is really important here. And so, you know, there are a lot of things that the Gospels repeat, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Like, for example, that story that we read this morning out of uh, Luke chapter 8, it's talked about in Matthew and Mark and Luke, but John doesn't talk about that story. Uh, there, there are certain things that are not spoken about and repeated in the Gospels. Uh, for example, the birth of Jesus, which is very important, but uh, it's only talked about in Matthew's Gospel. Mark doesn't talk about it. Um, Luke talks about it, but John doesn't really talk about it. The death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus is talked about in all four Gospels because it's very, very, very important. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is talked about in all four Gospels as well. I want to show it to you. Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist is speaking. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me uh, will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then we move on to Mark. And we come to Mark, and it says, And so John came baptizing in the desert region, preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to see him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And his message was this, After me will come one more powerful than I am, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but listen, but he, speaking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we move to Luke. The people were waiting expectantly. They were wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ or the Messiah. John answered all of them, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then in John chapter 1, John gave this testimony. This is John the Apostle talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist's testimony is this, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven like a dove and remain on him. Now I want to tell you, I'm going to come back and address that in just a moment. But we see all through the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit would fall and rest on individuals for periods of time, for brief periods of time, short periods of time. They, and I'll give you some examples of that later on. Just to do a, a, a work that God had called them to do. But he says, the man who you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. All right. Again, three bapti baptisms. Salvation. 
Another word for that is uh, to be born again or to be saved or to be washed in the blood. That's, that, is being, that's, that is the baptism of salvation, being brought into the body of Christ. The baptism of water, the water baptism as we did this morning, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we see this in the book of Acts. Peter replied, he's t telling these men, you know, he just got through telling them that they had killed the Messiah. And they're like, what are we going to do? What do we do now? And Peter says to them, notice the three. Repent, that, that's salvation. Come in, you know, acknowledge your sin. Turn to Jesus, uh, you know, come into the body of Christ. Be baptized with water. Okay, and every one of you, every one of you, and in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See the three of them? The repentance, the water baptism, and the, and the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, and I know a lot of people think this, in their minds they think, and they've heard this, that, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was really just for the 120 in the upper room. It doesn't apply to us today, you know, uh, it just applied to the 120. But notice what he says in verse 38 and 39. The promise is to you, those that were standing there today, and to your children, those children that were standing there that day, and for all who are afar off. I would suggest to you that 2,000 later, 2,000 years later, we are those that are afar off. Okay? You guys agree with me? All right. I'm not putting you to sleep, I hope. All right. Um, all right, let me, let me show you another one. Acts chapter 8. It says, but when they believe. This is Philip going out. Philip the evangelist. He's going out. Um, it says, in Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women, water baptized. And Simon, speaking about Simon the sorcerer, he believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria, now remember what Jesus says? He says, wait for the promise of the Father, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and then you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem first, and then in Judea, and then in Samaria. Now, all of a sudden, Samaria's got the Word of God. Uh, it says that when the, the apostles back in Jerusalem heard that Samaria, by the way, just, for the, just to refresh your memory, it was that area that was outside of Jerusalem. It was that area that where Jesus met the woman at the well, remember the Samaritan woman at the well? It was that area that many Jews would walk all the way around, I mean, go out of their way so they didn't have to even tread on the land of Samaria because they felt like the Samaritans were defiled and they were, had compromised their religious beliefs and uh, didn't want anything to do with them. They had washed their hands of them and uh, wanted absolutely nothing to do, and so they'd walk all the way around but when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they believed, they were water baptized, but the apostles come down so they could receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, here's another example. While Apollos, and he, this is a great man of God in the, in the book of Acts. We find out a little bit about him. But it says, while he was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit well, when you believed? And uh, they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may have grown up in a church like that. You know, they talked about the Father. They talked about the Son. They never even talked about the Holy Spirit. You know, you might have grown up the same way, saying, we never even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. All right, I'm going to show you that, that there is, and you need him today. 
All right, and she said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked them, what baptism do you receive? And they said, John's baptism. And uh, Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And so he's telling them the story, and the people believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus, and on hearing this, they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came up on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And, you know, I know that that's where, you know, people just say, I'm drawing the line right there. That's not going to be me. I'm going to believe. I'm going to get water baptized. But I don't want to get weird. I don't want to get goofy. Okay? You know, it's just, you know, guys, I want to just tell you that, you know, when God, God gives you something, he's not going to give you stuff, stuff that makes you weird or goofy. I've seen people do weird and goofy things under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. But those same people were weird and goofy without the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I got to say that. You know, I'm just being honest with you. All right. Acts chapter 10. When, peop, when Peter was still speaking. Oh, let me back up. Verse 1. Great story here. This is when the Gentiles come to the church. At Caesarea, there was a, na a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and his, uh, his family were devout and God-fearing. They believed. They believed in God. And so... I want to just show you this. These next couple of uh, verses, I think, will help a lot of us because, you know, we, we get to the place where we believe. We believe in God, but, you know, it's kind of like where some of you may be today that there's so much more to what you believe that, you know, you, and, and it's like Cornelius knew that. It, somehow he knew that there was more. He, he believed in God, but what's it about? What do I do now? I believe in God, so what do I do? And so uh, we pick up at, uh, in verse uh, 44, uh, he sends, well, let me just back up. Uh, he sends for God tells him what to do. He says, go up to Joppa. There's a guy by the name of Peter, Simon Peter, that's staying in a Simon the Tanner's house by the sea. He says, I want you to go up and tell him to come. So the, these men from Cornelius' house is going up to Joppa. Uh, Peter's up on the roof. He has this incredible vision, this inc incredible dream. And um, God's speaking to him in a vision. And he's like, no, God, no, I've never done that. God's telling him, he says, Ride up, rise up. God showed him in this sheet coming down all kind of unclean animals, things that Jews were forbidden to eat. And God says, Peter, rise up and, and kill and eat. And uh, Peter's like arguing with God. No, God, I can't do that. I've never, I've never defiled myself like that. I won't do it. And, uh, and God says that, you know, tells, to, tells him, he says, you know, what God has made clean, don't you call un unclean and don't you stay away from. And so it says, while Peter was thinking about this, and I, I'm just going to just kind of give you a little, a, a, a little uh, deviation here, because while Peter was thinking about that, wondering what it meant, there's a, you know, a knock at the door. Who's that? Three men coming from Cornelius' house, Gentiles, and saying, hey, you know, this is what happened. God appeared to our servant, uh, Cornelius, and he said that we should send here for you, for you to come. Now, when I, I told you about the dream that I had, the dream that I had about the anointing of the oil and the power of God that was coming into my life, and then I told you about, you know, how there was a, a second person in the line that sprinkled with water, and it was just like when the sprinkling of the water came upon me, it was just like a, I felt such an incredible, great presence of God in my life, something that I've longed for and hungered for in my dream. And so just like Peter, I'm wondering, Lord, what does this mean? Does it mean anything? Does this mean anything, or is it just, you know, you know, the pizza or the spaghetti that I ate the night before. You know, it was just a weird dream. 
And uh, I'm thinking about it, but I'm thinking about it not for a day or so. And as I told many of you, most of you can't remember a dream that you had two or three days ago. But weeks are going by, and every day I'm thinking about what does this dream mean. And then I had another dream, and I won't go into the second dream, but it, you know, it just confirmed everything. And it, tr it turned out about a person here in the church, and it just turned out to be true, I mean, right to the very detail. And I felt like God was saying, I confirmed the second dream that it's true, and the first dream is true as well. Be anointed, be sprinkled with water, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, have a closer relationship with me. Have a, you know, a greater power in your life. And so while Peter was speaking these words in verse 44, the Holy Spirit came on all those that heard the message. Uh, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been given to them uh, had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Now notice this, they believed, and then they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then, verse 46, Peter says, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? So there's the three baptisms, the three baptisms, baptized into the body of Christ, the believing, baptized by the Holy Spirit and with fire, uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and then they were baptized with water. All right, let me just give you some examples in the Old Testament. Every great story that you read in the Old Testament, I mean there are lots of them there, but someplace you will find this phrase. It says, and the Spirit of God came upon. And then it will mention that person by name. Let me show you a couple of examples. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet. Remember that story about Gideon? He's got 32,000 men there. He's gathered. It says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he was able to gather 32,000 men. But God says, oh, you know, Gideon, that's way too many, because if they win, if they win, they're going to think that they did this in their own strength. So he sends 22,000. He just said, who's afraid? 22,000 of them raised their hands. And said, Man, I don't want a part of this. You know, you go fight. You know, send Nina. <laughs> Let's send our wives. You know, and so uh, 22,000 left. And so you got 10,000 there. And, and then the Lord tells Gideon, hey, you know, you still got too many. You still got too many. He said, I'll tell you what, send those guys down to the river to drink, and I'll pick out, I'll handpick some. So he handpicks 300 of them. And, uh, and, and it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he was able to go down and to uh, defeat, I believe it was Midian at that time. He fought so many people, but I believe it was the Midianites that he was fighting at that point. And they just, they, all they had to do is, you know, it's like, you know, any commander, any, any war strategy would just say, this guy is nuts. This is not the way you win a battle. They didn't even take, I don't even know if they had swords with them. I mean, if it was, it wasn't the primary tool. But the primary tool was lamps or jars of clay that had lamps burning inside and trumpets. And they blew the trumpet, broke the jars of clay, exposed the light, and the people, the army of Midian, were in such fear that they trampled one another and began to kill each other, getting out of the way. They didn't know, you know, if you were friend or foe. It's just like somebody's there, and so they're whacking each other. All right? And so it, this happened because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Let me show you another example. Suddenly, this is talking about Samson, a young lion came roaring toward him, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. And I just put a little note there that I believe this is talking about, you know, just physical power. It gave Samson this incredible physical power. And then we read again about Samson. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, the Spirit of the Lord in power. Go back to Acts. You go back to Acts, and it says that, you know, Acts chapter 1, I want you to go to Jerusalem, wait for the 
the, uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come up on you, and you will have power. All right? You'll have power. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in the power. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, gave uh, the clothes to those that explained the riddle. So I believe that what we're seeing in this example, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, we have the power to overcome the enemy. I want you to know that you have an enemy. There's an enemy of your soul. You need the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the enemy. The enemy is the, uh, is the devil. The Bible tells us that we have an enemy that walks around like a roaring lion looking whom he can devour. Now, I, I've heard people say this, and I, I don't want to argue with them. They said, but, you know, but Jesus has pulled all of his teeth. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, if he pulled all of his teeth, that lion is still slaying a lot of people. You know, I, I just see a lot of people that fall by the wayside, Christians that fall by the wayside because the enemy, like a roaring lion, has found them and they've been isolated. They've been separated from the body of Christ. They've fallen into some kind of sin. And then you see them and then you don't. You know, the Bible talks about that like a, like a vapor, like a little puff of smoke. It's there for a little while and then it's gone. God does not want you to be a little vapor, a little puff of smoke. He wants your life to stand for something. He wants you to do something with your life and not just waste your life. Remember what Jesus said, those that save their life will lose it, and those that give up their life or, or give him their life, they will save it. And then we read another one. Well, that was three. Okay. Um, oh, okay. In Judges 15, it says, As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him, shouting, The Spirit of the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. And remember, he was bound. He was bound with new ropes. And I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no way humanly possible that he could break this off of him. But uh, it says, the, uh, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and the ropes in his arms became like charred or burnt string and the bindings dropped off of his hand. And I want to just tell you that I believe that that represents personal bondage. You know, that when you were in personal bondage, when sin has got a, a grip on you, you need power. You need the Spirit of the Lord, the power of the Spirit of the Lord to break this off of you. So you, we see this, this kind of trend through the Bible. The baptism uh, in the, uh, uh, of salvation being brought into the body of Christ, the baptism in water, uh, we see the baptism in the Spirit. And I'm going to just give you, I'm going to give you an Old Testament, uh, another Old Testament example of this, uh, you know, in the life of Abraham and his descendants. Um, we know that in, uh, in um, Genesis chapter 12, God began to speak to Abraham. Uh, he was up in uh, Ur of the Chaldees. That was on the other side of the Euphrates. It's in uh, what is modern day Iran today. And uh, called him out of that land. And that's, that's kind of like believing. He, he heard the voice of God saying, I want you to leave, leave these people. That's what happens to us. When, when we get saved, you're running with a bunch of guys. You're drinking with a bunch of guys. You're partying with a bunch of girls and guys. And, you know, you're just living the life, okay? And, and Jesus, all of a sudden, he begins to speak to you. And, and you begin to think, you know, um, you know I, I can't do this anymore. There's something that's going on in your life saying, you know what, I, I can't live like this anymore. That God is calling me to a greater, a greater walk, a higher calling. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I tell you my own story. When I got saved, I told the Lord. I mean, I, you know, I was in bondage to a lot of things. And, you know, I wanted Jesus, but I wanted the things as well. And uh, I didn't have a heart to quit those things. I didn't even want to quit. I, you know, I had, no, I had a heart for Jesus and a heart for sin. 
You know, that can only last so long. That can only last so long. And, and some of you may be in that place today, and I just, I, I just want to tell you there's no condemnation. That God, if God is working in your life, the Bible says that he who has begun a good thing is faithful to complete it. Okay, so don't walk out of here feeling condemned. If you got sin in your life, God's going to help you get out of it. You can't, you can't get yourself cleaned up and say, okay, God, here I am. Remember Billy Graham, they used that song forever. I mean, I never heard another song in that crusade except just as I am. You know, so you just come down. You just come down to the altar, you know, just like you are. You know, you don't clean yourself up. You know, you come to Jesus. Jesus does the cleaning up. And so in my life, it was the same way. I go, to, you know, I go from Bible study to sin, Bible study to sin, Bible study to sin. And after a while, you know, the Lord began to say, you know what, Ron, I want to do great things in your life, but you won't let me. And, you know, he told me that over and over and over again. I want to do great things in your life, but you won't let me. And I was always trying to just plead with God, just tell me, just show me just a little bit what that looks like. And he wouldn't say anything. He'd just say, I want to do great things in your life. And he was driving me crazy. And so I, I wanted to know what the great things were. And I have to testify today that God has done great things in my life because I finally let him. All right. So, so we see in Abraham's life, God calls him out. You know, this is that type of salvation. He believes God. And he leaves the land of those people, comes into this promised land. He comes, and the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4, uh, verse 3, that Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him uh, for righteousness. And then we see this water baptism in, in Abraham's descendants uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's uh, just kind of uh, Paul kind of, you know, quoting and relating stories from the Old Testament. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea, and they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were baptized in Moses. That was Moses was kind of a type of Christ. He was, he was their deliverer. They were baptized into Moses. We are baptized into Christ. They were all under the cloud. Remember that the, the Bible talks about, you know, that, that cloud represents the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about how the Spirit of God hovered over, just kind of like hovering over. That's what the cloud did to the children of Israel. Just hovered over them, okay, hovered over them and protected them from the sun of the day and the fire protected them at night. So we see that uh, they were baptized into Moses, kind of like brought into the body of believers. Uh, we see the Spirit there, and then passing through the sea represents that water baptism. They were baptized in the Moses, they were baptized in the cloud, and they were baptized in the sea. Now, let me show you something that's really good here, and then we're going to get to uh, praying and anointing and sprinkling. It says here, that Abraham, I'm going to just talk about, you know, just for Abraham for just a minute, okay? Uh, we talked about, you know, the setting apart, the salvation, the blood, you know, being baptized into the body. We talked about the, the children of Israel walking through the sea. But I want you to see something here about the life of Abraham. Uh, God's making a covenant with him, and he says, the scripture says that Abraham fell down, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will your name be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Okay? And then we move down to verse 15, it's the same chapter 17. And God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you will no longer call her Sarai. Uh, her name will be Sarah. 
Now, I want you to notice this, that God took one letter and added it to both of their names. He took the letter H, okay, and it was his name was called Abram. He took the letter H and added another letter that was already there, the A, and called him Abraham, okay? And for Sarai, he added the same letter, the letter H, and changed her name from Sarai to Sarah. Now listen to this. Listen to this. This is good. This is good stuff right here. The letter H in Hebrew is pronounced ha, ha, like hallelujah. Say it, hallelujah. Okay, I want you to put your hand about two inches from your mouth and just say the first part of hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. You feel that? Can you feel the breath on your hand? Ha. And that's what God did to Abraham and Sarah. He put the letter H representing the Spirit of God. He breathed on them. He breathed, just like Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We see that in, in um, John's Gospel. All right. So guys, here we are. We think about our God is a big God. He's an awesome God. Is there more to God than you have right now? You've been baptized with water. You've been baptized um, into the body of Christ. But I got to ask you, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire? Or if you have, do you want more of the Holy Spirit? You want more of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want you to just stand for just a moment. And let me just tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, if you'll just stand, I want to pray. And for those of you that need to go, I totally understand. I absolutely understand. If you need to go, just quietly slip out. But if you feel like there is more to your Christian walk than you've got right now, or there's more to life, more to the Christian life than you have right now, and you need a greater anointing in your life to overcome sin, to be more bold in your witness to God, to be a, a proclaimer, a witness to Jesus Christ, then I want you to stay and let us anoint you. Nobody's going to push you down. Nothing weird is going to happen. We're just simply going to anoint you with oil, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sprinkle you with clean water, and, and I'll share that scripture in just a moment. I want to pray and then release those that need to go, and then I'll share this next passage of scripture uh, for, for those that are going to stay. So, Father, we just bless you this morning. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your word this morning, God. I can feel the energy. I can feel your presence in this place today. And, God, we would just say that we all want more of you. We are hungry for you, God. We need you. We are desperate for you today. Lord, so fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with, as Jesus said, Lord Jesus, you know, you are the baptizer. Man is not the baptizer. Your word says that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Lord Jesus, today, we just say in the stillness of our hearts, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. 